Welcome to Right to Life with Michigan's Life Beat. I'm your host with the broken microphone, Chris Gast. Joining us today is Emily Kroll and Anna Visser. Ladies, welcome. In, Thank you. Yeah, in your microphone's defense, it's the stand that's broken, not the microphone. So it's also it's, it's disconcerting. <laughs> it's disconcerting to see my microphone <laughs> rotating against me. Oh, we'll fix not it eventually. Not as disconcerting as Emily leaving us for another position in the organization. Ha! So not really leaving. Not really leaving us. So leaving the podcast, though. I might have to come back for guest appearances. Four-person podcast. It could be even more confusing who's talking. Yeah. That would be a little odd. That would be a party. But, you know. And we'd have to get a whole new microphone. I can do do appearances for doses of sarcasm. I can come back for things pro-abort say. Well, uh, yeah, there you go. This might be your last podcast. That's kind of sad. All right. (laughs) On that note... (laughs) Let's pick everyone up again. Uh, so we kind of have like uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly today. So we're going to talk about uh, the good thing, some endorsements. Uh, the bad thing, our governor and our attorney general, of course. And then the ugly thing, uh, just giving you an update on all the things uh, abortion supporters are out there trying to do. Uh, so let's start with endorsements. So uh, Rights Life of Michigan PAC every election season makes endorsements. In just about every race, we can find a pro-life candidate in from president on down to county commissioner, township trustee, you name it. And uh, all the endorsements are complete and will be posted on the Right to Life Michigan website, rtl.org, very soon. Uh, One endorsement of note in the governor's race, a singular endorsement for, drumroll, I mean, the drumroll won't show up. We don't have special effects on this podcast. No, we don't. Tudor Dixon. Yay. Thoughts. Thoughts. So we've been getting a little bit of feedback about this. And because a lot of the time in races, the PAC will endorse multiple pro-life candidates. Now, in this case, that has not happened because there is a candidate in the race for governor who is not pro-life. Um, and so in those situations, the PAC chooses one candidate to endorse. So if there's any confusion of why this race is different than a lot of races, it's because there is someone who's going to be on the ballot who's not pro-life and the PAC wanted to have one pro-life candidate highlighted. Yep, because we don't want uh, another wasted eight years like we had under Rick Snyder. Well, not a waste, but frustrating eight years. Um Important to note that, uh, you know, for the Right to Life Michigan PAC, it's not really some people hear when these sort of situations come up and they say, oh, well, my candidate who has no chance of winning sounds really, really great on pro-life stuff and and all that. And so, uh, you know, these endorsements are not a judgment on who's more pro-life than another. If you are 100 percent pro-life, you are 100 percent pro-life. You can't Mm -hmm. really be 105 percent or 110 percent pro-life. Uh, when it comes to what you're going to do with uh, your votes and your decisions as an elected official. But those in those singular endorsements and those situations have to be made on the candidate who has the best chance of winning. <clears throat> and in the governor's race, it's pretty clear that of the pro-life candidates, the one that has the best chance of winning 
So it was kind of no surprise to people who've been following politics. It's Tudor Dixon. Um, and so, uh, you know, why is she kind of the stronger candidate? She's of the other pro-life candidates. She's the one that's picked up the most endorsements from uh, elected officials, uh, leaders, uh, you know, for example, Congressman Bill Heisinger, the uh, majority leader of the Michigan Senate, Mike Shirky, and on and on. So, uh, and there's other information too that the campaigns give the RLM PAC, and that's confidential, the interview process, uh, and it's confidential. So those candidates give, feel comfortable, they can give information and details and and all that, and it's not going to be leaked or sent to the other side um, in a primary or general election. So all that to say, uh, Tudor Dixon is as a good candidate. She's well spoken. She's uh, very intelligent. Uh, she's pro life. She's energetic. Uh, we need her to beat Whitmer. Yeah. We really, really, really need to get rid of Gretchen Whitmer. Yeah. I want to make a she needs to teach Whitmer a lesson joke. Um, but people <laughs> apparently don't get the connection between Tudor and a Tudor. So there it is. <laughs> There's my snarky for the day. It's Anna's looking at me like I'm crazy, but it's okay. I don't know. It's a little bit of a stretch. Sort of. Unless you're a former teacher like me. <laughs> that um, is true. So, you know, a lot of people are, are not really aware of her or any of the Republican candidates for governor. Uh, that'll change very soon as we get close to the primary. Um, her background is in the steel industry, I think, uh, sales and management. Um and then uh, she really got involved in politics, starting with kind of disgust at what is going on in kids' schools, which we've seen on in, in our issue somewhat, and mm-hmm. but especially on other issues. Um, her mom died in a nursing home. Hey, do you remember that time all those people emailed and called us saying you want grandma to die because you're not promoting <laughs> the governor? Yeah. And, and then and then and then Gretchen Whitmer sent sick people into grandma's house, so grandma died, and then those people never. Yeah, they kind of didn't. They stopped talking to us. Yeah, I don't know what happened. There, Interesting. You know, you know. What a coincidence. Who who killed grandma? Was uh. it us or the you know the person who put sick people into nursing homes with an infectious disease? Just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, anything else we want to say about endorsements? Um, the rest of the endorsements, oh, you already mentioned that. Yep. yep. They'll be up on the website uh, shortly, rtl.org. We have a nice personalized pro-life ballot generator, so you don't have to go through a list of like two to 300 endorsements, and you can just basically pull up your sample ballot and then just have the candidates on it who would be on your ballot. Because, you know, if you live in... Well, coincidentally, if you live in New Buffalo, you are in the same congressional district as Monroe now. But if you're in New Buffalo, you probably don't care who is the state rep for uh, uh, Monroe. Yeah. And one question we get about that personalized ballot a lot, it uses information from the QVF. So it's the qualified voter file from the state of Michigan. So if you are not registered to vote, it won't pull up who your candidates are. Right. So and, and we're not really sense. and we're not collecting your information on the website. People are like I don't want to put my street address number in because you're birth year because you're tracking me and mm, not no, true. It does no. not save the information. It just pulls your information from the qualified voter file to show you these are your candidates and then that's it. Yeah. All right. So speaking of 
Governor Whitmer. Uh, the bad. Dun, dun, and we're and the Tudor Dixon and all the governors. So all of the governor candidates, were, including Gretchen Whitmer, were up in Mackinac Island for a policy conference. And uh, the, the Republican uh, primary opponents all had a debate. Gretchen Whitmer had a speech uh, talking about suddenly how great Michigan is doing in the last, like, you know, four days since uh, the election started. And... She's got to protect her phony baloney job. Um, How about them roads? Sorry, that's uh, <laughs> unrelated. But uh, up there, she did attempt to convince business leaders that they need to get all in and fight like hell for abortion with her because abortion is great for business in Michigan. I don't know if I could roll my eyes any harder. Um, I, I look at her her statement a, a couple of different ways. Um, one, abortion is obviously not good for business in Michigan in the long term because, and we have a resource on our website about the economic impact of abortion and how you're taking away people from the workforce and just doing terrible, terrible things for the economy. Um, but Another way to look at it in the way my brain automatically went is, and especially after we had the leak of the Supreme Court decision, there were all of these major companies around the country coming out and say, saying, we'll pay for our employees to travel to get abortions. And it's kind of sick because here's all of these companies saying, we'll pay you to get your abortion so we don't have to give you maternity leave and child benefits. That's kind of sick in a lot of ways. It is more cost effective for a business to, to say, go just kill the baby. To society, it looks generous, though. Well, if you but if you want to believe that. Yeah, I mean, that's why they're doing it. It looks good. Yeah. All right, a little pop quiz for you both. Oh, boy. Since 1980, how many Michigan workers consumers, students, teachers, parents, whatever. How many people is Michigan missing because of abortion since 1980? Since 1980? Yep. Well, I know in the last decade. Let me see. 1980 would be, it's probably up around, what, 2 million maybe? Are we doing a ballpark? I don't know. (laughs) No. Uh, 1.3 million. Oh, I was if you go, That's from 1980 since when it began tracking the number. Uh, if you if you include the, you know, seven years that we didn't track numbers after Roe versus Wade, then, I mean, you're thinking probably 1.5 million people. And what's the population of Mi- Michigan? 10 million. All these uh, people would be uh, 50 and under, or if you're born in 1980, basically 40 and under. Uh, would be productive members of society still, you know, alive. Maybe they would have moved out of the state or not. But what business in their right mind secures its long-term economic future by killing its customers, Mm -hmm. investors, and workforce? Can't grow if you're you're killing the customers. If you're dead. Yeah. You know, the New York Stock Exchange is not in the cemetery. It's in the busy part of town, you know. <laughs> um, Hopefully businesses are smart enough to recognize that. Well, uh, Toys R Us was donating to Planned Parenthood. 
This seems smart. Let's donate to Planned Parenthood. Oh, wait. There's not enough children to sell toys to. Now we're closed. It's a popular trend right now. To Businesses? Not all businesses, though. To support abortion publicly. To say that you support it publicly. Popular trend. Now, here's an interesting thing, though. If we're going to go with this route... Um, did either of you read the story of what happened at the Walmart shareholders meeting last week? I saw a brief headline. So what happened was there was an activist who was using an investment firm to try and push an item at their annual meeting to have Walmart run a report on the impact of abortion on their employees or the impact of abortion restrictions on their employees. What a lot of big companies have done recently, basically saying, you know, we want Walmart to say that abortion is bad for business, Mm -hmm. right? It came up in front of the shareholders to vote on and it only received a little over 12% of the vote. It was massively defeated by the shareholders, the people who, normal people who own stock, some of them are not so normal and very wealthy, who just voted it down and said, this is dumb. Um, What does abortion have to do with our business? And let's not go there. So it's interesting. You have businesses who are making these decisions. Their boards are making positive abortion decisions. But what would happen if it went to the shareholders, like Walmart did, and the shareholders say, yeah, no. I would say that this whole uh, woke corporation crusading stuff tends to be more popular for other issues. Even with the abortion issue, you know, um, no one really wants to talk about like it itself as an issue. You know what I mean? No one wants to talk about abortion, but people want to talk about reproductive rights. Well, sure. They'll talk about things in general and try to link it. But uh, it, it is a harder sell for businesses uh, in terms of just the politics and polling and, and whatnot of it. Um, I don't know if any are going to go for it. I, I mean, what are the big corporations still in Michigan? Stryker might go for it. Ford? Of the owner. Like, what are Ford, the auto industry? Maybe. I don't know the auto. Yeah, maybe. Um I don't know. Whirlpool better not. (laughs) Maybe it's worth mentioning why they think it would be better for business. I don't think we mentioned that. Right. So if we don't have abortion, women can't be in the workforce. So Well, that's what they say. Gals don't exist. And they also said that they're worried college students and young families won't move to Michigan because it's so restricted. Because they can't come here and kill their kid. Hmm. We'll see how that goes. I mean, so their argument is we we need more people in the state. and But not that many people, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we need more people in the state. And we need to do this if only we can kill more people in the state. It's not a Aesthetic. logical position. No, it's no. not a logical position. You I, would think they would have thought that one through. Before I mean, presenting it to a bunch of businesses. If you look at population in terms of migration and growth and politics, if it, I mean, abortion is seen as generally a more conservative issue, and it, it's really not the conservative states that are suffering for population growth. It's California. 
which you know? is I mean, we losing are, people to we red are states. losing people we're losing people yes that's another thing to talk about so michigan passed a grim milestone in 2020 the pandemic played a little bit of a role but i mean this has been a long-term trend now we're kind of finally there in 2020 there were more deaths in michigan than births I ever mean, yeah like Little tiny trading posts on rivers in Michigan in 1830, you know, cholera sweeps through. There's still more births in Michigan than deaths. Back when Michigan we had malaria is, in East Lansing, like back in the day. Yeah, you know, when, yeah, when Southeast Michigan was one giant swamp. Um, that's how b- backwards Michigan is in terms of civilization. Um, and I think that issue is going to become more and more apparent. I mean, we're already seeing that issue with, uh, you know, health insurance and, and, and health costs, you know, there's a lot fewer young people paying insurance premiums, you know, for our entitlement crisis, you know, we've, we're seeing that with the debt crisis, people trying to retire. Yeah, people, yeah, people trying to retire. Now we're seeing it with worker shortages, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, some of that is, well, a lot of that is other economic issues, but that's going to be a serious problem. And it is a serious problem in other countries. Uh, local small towns and municipalities not existing anymore, like in Japan. You know, goodbye small town. There's just no one there anymore. Um, I think long term, that's why not based on all the other stuff that we could get into in terms of pro-life and politics and all that, but just in terms of abortion overall, I'm pretty rosy in the long term because I think it's pretty soon people start realizing that killing people is not making you richer, which seems to be the main motivation. And we have the perfect example. We have the perfect example of this in China where they went from the one China policy, killed millions and millions of people, then they said, oh, no, we're headed towards economic demise. You can have two children. And then that didn't work. You can have three children. And then it turned into the government is going to be interfering in the abortions of single women. What does that even mean? Where? What is their next step? And if you think about it, it is not a pretty next step. Because then you're getting into the dystopian novels, the of literal Handmaid's Tale like, is going to be happening in a communist country. Because they killed their children. Because they killed all their people. Oops. So don't be like China. Don't be like China. We are going to be like China, though. <laughs> We're on that path. No, we must stop. We it. need to be pretty positive. Much, pretty much, Africa <laughs> is, and even there, I think. We see this just nationally, internationally, you know, the wealthier countries get, you know. The birth rate falls. The birth rate falls. You know, they make these horrible decisions. They become convinced that the only path to prosperity is having fewer people. And then, I don't know. Completely forgetting that what got them to prosperity in the first place was having population growth. Eating the seed corn. Yeah. Fat, lazy, and eating the seed corn. Ah, these fields just keep growing. We're just going to eat the seeds. We don't care. <laughs> Oops. Now we're all starving. Oops. Yep. Except we're all stuck in the oops. Yeah. But that's what we're here for. We are here to work us out of the oops. Right. 
So, and the best way to do that, vote out this governor in November. Replace her with Tudor Dixon. Please. Not that we're begging, but please. I can make a 30-hour podcast about why Whitmer is a terrible governor. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of Michiganders could do that podcast so yeah yeah but i mean it the the outlook looks a little bleak a lot of the time but we always have to remember there is hope we do have a reason to keep going and we've got to see it through and speaking of seeing it through uh now i think uh, just for the end of the podcast let's do an update on all the many things we have to see through in the next few weeks and months uh you want to start with the we'll start with the governor's lawsuit Oh, boy. So governor's lawsuit. So Governor Whitmer filed a lawsuit to the Michigan Supreme Court on, what was it, April April 7th? 7th. And she used her executive authority to push it to the Supreme Court and say, hey, find a right to abortion in Michigan's Constitution. Um, The Supreme Court gave her, how many days has it been now? 14, but they submitted it in like a week. Okay, so they They gave her. They responded to her on May 20th. Okay. They officially responded to her okay. lawsuit on May 20. So and said, why do we even need to hear this? Give us some reasons. Yep. Yes. Basically, they explain said. Explain yourself. Explain yourself. So um, the Supreme Court, Michigan Supreme Court, is in the process of working through that. Um, she submitted her explanation, and then. I think um, yesterday was the last day she could submit it. So now for the next 14 days. The opposition can submit response to her responses. Yes, and that's where that lawsuit is. So it's still kind of going through. It is important to remember that there have been multiple abortion cases that have gone before Michigan Supreme Court throughout the past, and in all of them, abortion restrictions were upheld. Um, And so there is no right to abortion in Michigan's Constitution, and if the Supreme Court decided that, they would be pulling it out of a hat like a rabbit. It does not exist there, and it would be the court creating it just like they did in Roe. Hopefully that will not happen, and we're going to work to make sure it doesn't. And uh, Planned Parenthood's lawsuit, last we left it on the podcast, the injunction. Uh, judge Abortion mm-hmm. decided to, uh, uh, Judge Dredd, tried to uh, uh, basically on her own create a right to abortion in the Michigan Constitution. And we filed a petition with the Court of Appeals that said, hey, she can't do that. And the Court of Appeals has taken, has received our petition and will be moving on that. Not necessarily a favorable decision for us yet. But, but they have decided to hear the complaint. Um, the defendant, so that's Judge the Judge Gleicher, Gleicher, however mm. you want to say it, <laughs> and her friends, so Amiki, um, have until the 13th of this month to reply. Um, and then there will be a couple-week period where the opposite side so the pro-life side would be responding to her response because this is the law so you respond there's a response to the response and then the case a lot of back and forth there's a lot of back and forth um and then the court of appeals will look at it and make their decision but it's a good sign that they decided to take it up immediately as it was requested so they obviously have a, a bit of an idea at least some of them think that it really needed to be looked at and the, and the bottom line is no rational, honest person would say that she 
was okay with not recusing herself and just violating legal procedure. There was no case. There was no response to hear and just deciding, oh, I'm going to go ahead with this case anyway. After she had a little conference with <laughs> Planned Parenthood and the Attorney General. So they're all on the same team, and they had a closed conference about, you know, well, how just, this is supposed to do. She's just trying to fix her mistakes or her loss. Yes. Revenge. She's getting revenge. She's getting revenge for She's her probably, failure in the nineties yep. in the Mahaffey case to get the She Michigan figures Supreme this is how court I could win to create a right to abortion. And hopefully so. the Court of Appeals will see that and expose the injunction for what it was, which was a partisan political move by a judge reaching beyond their jurisdiction. And I guess the last thing to update everyone on is um, we're still waiting on the Dobbs case, but uh, if the Supreme Court sticks to standard practice two or three weeks, we will know if Roe goes or is seriously harmed, but is still limping along. Yes, and I don't think I don't think it up. I I don't see how. I mean, it's pretty clear there's almost no way Mississippi's law is going to get thrown out. Pretty much, which means Florida's law, which Planned Parenthood just sued against, would also um, be upheld. Um, so, But here's the thing. Even after they do this, they're still going to be suing. Yeah. Like lawfare is how they work because if they can just get the, one of their judges to just like, oh, decide, oh, well, Supreme Court said, but I'm just going to say, no, there is a right to abortion. They just yeah. need another. Delay it for they need another a judge like her. Months and yeah. That's how I'm it sure goes. there's a couple in every state. Yeah. Multiples. More than a couple. <laughs> the, but PSA, it, do not vote for people who talk about democracy, you know, like Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars. I love democracy. <laughs> but the first instance, an excuse they have to turn around, it will gut laws, gut decisions, cheat the process, cheat procedures. These are not honest people. You, you cannot treat them honestly. They should be nowhere near a government or, or anything. They should be at home watching Netflix. Netflix and chill. <laughs> we would all be better off if you just did that. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true in a way. <laughs> um, if anyone is looking for, you want to be notified right away as soon as the Supreme Court decision on Dobbs comes down. I know I watch the court opinion releases almost religiously at this point. Every Monday and Thursday at 10 a.m. is usually when the court releases opinions now. We will be posting the decision, whatever it may be, as soon as it comes out on our social media. So follow us on Facebook. We're Right to Life of Michigan. Right to Life of Michigan as well on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And you can find us on Instagram as well. And mm -hmm. that's a good place to go for pro-life news, updates, everything, sometimes snarky comments. That happens as well. And, um, yeah, keep it. Occasional. Occasional gift for a meme. <laughs> occasional things so that's the place to go to get immediate updates on on everything about the Dobbs decision if yeah. you don't already see it from just the news. so it'll be interesting because it leaked did it kind of like take the wind out of 
A backlash. I mean, there's going to be a backlash. The other side is going to be upset. No, I, don't I still think, think there's going to be a huge backlash. I don't think it's going to be as huge. No. They've taken away some of the edge. I think that and then... I think there's still going to be a lot of vandalism. Yes. Threats. Those are still going on. So, yeah. yeah. They never stopped. It could be. But I think, you know... I think that's what we're going to see more. Perhaps. I don't know. Once, once you break a national issue down into 50 separate states, you know, people yeah. have a hard time following what's going on in all 50 states. They're just, the media's still going to nut pick and be like, well, that was kind of the issue. What, did you see what North Dakota did? Did you see what California did? But yeah, 50 states and, every, and states are going to move at once. A lot of the pro-life states and the pro-abortion states. So there's going to be a lot of action. So I don't know. Well, I think maybe It'll that's why the time. backlash was so big for the leak because everyone just assumed they don't know anything about what Roe did. So they're just assuming abortion is going to be illegal everywhere. Right. That's so why maybe it will be less because they'll realize that that's not. The oh case. wait, I get to vote on this issue. Oh wait, I live in New York. Nothing wait, changes. Wait, I support democracy, right? Yeah, we'll see. Well, that's all we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again next week. Have a wonderful Michigan. I'm going to call it summer weekend.